Hey guys, it's Tom here. Just wanted to let you know that we have a Patreon you can get on for $3 a month and you get bonus episodes every week. And if you sign up for the whole year, you get a 10% discount. That's $2.70 a month, I believe. And we also have a tier where you can be a guest on the Patreon show. You could pick a band yourself to defend and uh, and do it on the Patreon. So get on over there. It's patreon.com slash stand by your band. everybody welcome to another episode of stand by your band i'm tom takar the wolf of dog street joined as always by the prince of snarkness himself tommy mcnamara how are you tommy i'm doing well the the world wants to know how you're doing tom mr second shot the very exciting oh, that's what yeah let's get let's get into it so i want to say our our guest i'll get him i'll get him on micro immediately but sam Marill's here and uh Welcome to the show, Sam. We're happy to have you. Uh, very exciting stuff. You were saying, uh, you were talking about, I don't want to uh, get into your bag at all, but you were mentioning a hangover you were feeling. Oh, yeah. You know that game, buddy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it, I'm feeling it. I mixed a bunch. I, I hadn't done shots in a while. I did a couple shots. I'm like, that's never. Dude, shots yeah, are back. Never... That's a pandemic thing for sure. I started doing them too. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I was hanging out with people and I'm, I'm vax now and I, uh, I did shots of fireball, which is like, that's like college, but it's like, it feels like you're graduating again back into real life. Yeah. You try to explain fireball to people who aren't from America. They're just like, oh, you're fucking trash. (laughs) Like they, they, they're like, you put cinnamon in your whiskey. It's like what we did to the, uh, Richard Jenny used to have a bit about how Americans like the French people, French made the croissant and Americans are like, eat your croissant with you fucking pig. You know, that's how I feel about fireball. Yeah. (laughs) There's gotta be something wrong with it because now they sell it at bodegas and stuff and like gas stations. And that's not legal in New York to sell. Like you can't sell. You can't buy whiskey at a at a bodega, so there's got to be something that they changed that makes it legally not booze anymore. Or something. <laughs> um, Who's that's the thing though? Now it's like it's a pandemic. Like, what are you going to arrest someone for being drunk in public? Who gives a shit? You know, dude, it's, it, I got a fucking. I think I'm the only person to get a drinking ticket during all. Oh, this. I forgot you got one. Why? Yeah, I got yeah. a fucking drink, and it was one of those nights. You know how uh, it never happens to you when you're actually like shit housed and like should get a ticket or something for public intoxication. It was one of those where I was like at a buddy's backyard that lives like. An eight minute walk from mm-hmm. me. You were driving your car, and uh, of course, I'm driving. Uh, <laughs> I, I like to get places fast. Eight <laughs> <laughs> minute walk. Yeah, you left. You left. Uh, you left the driving part out of the drinking story. To start. So I'm hammered, of course. <laughs> driving down the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Wait, what? Well, the it was a one way street. Down. <laughs> it was a one way street. I had to go in reverse to get home. <laughs> I wanted to abide by the law. Uh, no, I'm walking back and I have a, I have, uh, a couple of cords lights on me and there's nobody on the street. It's just me and, uh, my fiance and, uh, I'm just finishing a course that I had started at this, at this backyard thing. And I walk by a fucking, it's my bad. It was on my street, literally like a five second walk from my door. Uh, this cop goes, Hey, what is that? And he's in his van or whatever. And I was like, oh, it's a, I mean, it was like so obvious. I was like, it's a, it's a Coors. And he was like, uh, well, that's a, that's a beverage. You can't do that. And he came up and gave me a ticket. It took Ugh. so long. And then what really pissed me off, he was being a dick because he didn't have a mask on. He was in my face. And I was like, dude, can you, you, should, you know what you should have said to him? You should have said, you sh- don't you have black teenagers to harass you fucking pig? <laughs> oink, oink. I sh- they like that I when you say that. With the oink. Like instead, that. instead, I said, you're doing fine work, officer. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you said yeah, that? I did. I was like, you're st- wow. thank you for your uh, heroic work tonight. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, that's white privilege right there. That's... <laughs> That's dude. I uh, yeah, I remember that happened to me once. A cop gave me a ticket for. for I, I have a friend who's like an Alphabet City native, so he's just like when we're walking around the East Village, he's like, "These are I run this part of town." It's like you don't, but well, I like I let him have it, you know. So we're just walking around, and he's just like he just takes his beers out and he hands me one. I'm like, "All right, fuck it." He's like, "Yeah, we this is what we do in my neighborhood." Of course, cops immediately stop us, and they're like, and they're like, "You have a, you, we're giving you a ticket," and and he goes, "Yeah, I know the drill." 
You know, that's I know what he the says. Drill. Like, that's so. I funny. know the drill, and the and the cop goes, "Well, you can finish it. You can finish the beer." And that we gave, he goes, he goes, "Yeah, I'm aware you of the law." Let him finish like, the I know beer. It's, that's how you can tell it's not that illegal. They told me they I couldn't you finish, finish the, beer. the crime, <laughs> dude. What's, the crime. What, yeah. what, what drove me nuts is I had two more cores lights that were like closed. They were still they were just canned that I was like they were part of a six pack. And he was like, "I'll let you keep those." And I was like, "Yeah, I know they're closed. Like, what are you <laughs> I'll about? let you keep those. I'll let you keep those." He oh, made me pour. I also like that he asked you. I like that he asked you, uh, "What is that?" Like you don't know what a fucking. Don't you see is. these blue mountains, bitch? Silver bullet, <laughs> you know what, this is. <laughs> what is that? You should have been like, "It's Fruitopia." Remember Fruitopia? <laughs> so good. And he's like, "Oh, okay." Uh, so, yeah, I got it. I got it. It's also, dude. It's a twenty-five dollar ticket, which I hate to say, but it's like just write the fucking yeah. ticket and leave me alone. Yeah, can I just give you cash? <laughs> I have twenty-five. I'll bucks. you, my man. It's not <laughs> worth the hassle. And it's like that's a privilege thing where it's like that could be a pain in the ass for a lot of people. But it's like at some point, it's like all right, twenty-five dollars is not worth you holding me up uh, for thirty minutes outside of my place. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember when I got that ticket, they had to send it to an address, so I gave. Uh, I gave my biological father's address. This is like when you have a good, this is like when you're like, well, like, what are you going to judge me? You fucking left asshole. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? I don't want, I don't want my parents to see this shit. So yeah, that's beautiful, man. I wish, uh, if my biological father was alive and I knew his address or where he lived, I would have for sure done that. <laughs> <laughs> you just sent, you're just like, what's your address? Uh, cemetery uh, plot B. And they're like, what? Um, so I, speaking of uh, hangovers though, I got the second vax and, um, I'm feeling rough. You're I'm feeling uh, it. Yeah, and I, you know, I got, I got it too, and I wasn't that bad. I, it's not like it's, everybody was building it up like it was going to be the worst thing ever. The only thing that sucks is I couldn't sleep. Like I, because it's more the mm. shoulder pain than the mm. than sickness so far, but just a little like stuffiness and all that shit. But it feels like a. I think a bit it varies, of right? Yeah, like, the first so- one fucked me up more. Like I was foggy really? for like a week. Yeah, and I, mm. I assumed it was just a. Uh, that I had finally booze soaked my brain to the point where um, <laughs> I was just uh, dying or losing my mind, but then it was over. But uh, when I was getting the vaccine, uh, I I had a guy. Speaking of people who were like, "This is my part of town" or whatever, we saw this guy uh, in a screaming match with uh, with this woman, and she was in his face going, "Have a nice day, sir," and we were like, "Whoa!" And then the guy goes. I wish you or anybody would put hands on me in Bushwick. He said in Bushwick. It made me laugh so hard that it's like, hey, in Bedstein, yeah, kick my ass. Astoria, you can have my money. But in Bushwick, mm-mm. Yeah, I'm three and zero in these streets. Uh, overall, I'm three and twenty-seven. But yeah, yeah, that's great. Goddamn, so funny. But uh. Yeah, second vax. I'm uh, I'm good to go. I'm gonna get get back on the old road. The cellar's opening this week. It's ex- it's exciting. Oh, shit. it's back, baby! I can't yeah. wait. Um, yeah, I I want. So we're talking today. We should get into it because there's a lot to cover. I think, and we have so much. I want to play. I could talk about uh, this guy for hours. Yes, and and you get made me give you six songs. It's like, how do I choose six songs? That's the challenge from the master, dude. <laughs> It's uh, I kind of because I kind of I because I I gave you six songs with uh with trying to recruit new fans in mind. Yes. I didn't give you six songs where I'm like these are my favorites, mm-hmm. even though I love all these songs. I gave you, I mean, because I kind of like his older shit when he's like got a gravelly voice and he's on death's door and every song is like I welcome you, Grim Reaper. <laughs> like I, I, that's kind of where I'm I'm loving him, but. Uh, so I love all. I just love his history too. Like yeah. there's, there's a great. I forgot who wrote this. There's a pretty recent biography on him. It's pretty great. I woke up. I couldn't sleep last night, and so I woke up. I didn't know a lot about. So we're talking about Leonard Cohen. I didn't know a lot about Leonard Cohen. I knew Hallelujah and uh, a couple other things, and like somebody uh, in the comments mentioned the Watchmen thing, and I was like, I remember that from the trailer of Watchmen or whatever. But and that might have just a been lot Hallelujah of movies use him. But yeah, uh, I didn't know a lot about him though, and I woke up at like seven this morning and just started watching videos. And I watched uh, 
I watched this documentary from before he was a musician, even where it opens with him doing stand up, and I had no idea he was Whoa. a stand up comic. Yeah, yeah, and he's pretty funny. I mean, that's he's the thing. Is like, if I mean, the bar is low guy. back then. But um, <laughs> what if he's doing like yeah. Def Jam stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Just him and Mort Saul, <laughs> the only two comedians. Uh, no, he 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 was really funny. He has his album live in London where he's doing jokes in between the songs. You know, live mm-hmm. musicians always will like throw in a couple jokes, and he's fucking funny. Yeah. He's very self deprecating, and uh, yeah, he he starts as a stand up. He was like the foremost poet in Montreal. He had this weird childhood. He was privileged in montreal yeah. but then his dad died and he became the man of the house mm-hmm. like very very young it was like was it fashion it was like clothing or something that they had money yeah. from right and uh yeah and his mom I, and one of the things i watched because i watched like a bunch of different shit and it all started to blend together this interview that he did in paris this uh they talk about how his mom was like don't go out into the world it's full of thieves and, <laughs> and like, people who will take you for everything you're worth and apparently he did get he almost as soon as he went out into the world he did get like robbed of everything he had and stuff but um, dude i mean that's the the big story about Leonard Cohen is that uh everyone knows about is that he or not everybody but he got basically ripped off by his manager for his 5 million dollar retirement mm-hmm. fund who was a fr- i mean imagine touring with someone for years and they just rip you off which is why i never trust women <laughs> and uh no no he no but it, he got he got ripped off by his manager and she just couldn't pay him back yeah. she just couldn't that's that's the crazy like, so thing, he just yeah. got fucked where it's like he won the she case she burned through the yeah, money he won the case yeah. but then she it's like well you won but you're not going to get any of it yeah. so it's it just uh, sucks well it's like winning against the wolf of wall street or yeah. something you know it's like you you beat jordan belford good luck he's you know he's never going to pay you he's yeah. the wolf of wall street that's what he does <laughs> he's a thief so yeah he, he also had this great quote when he found out about it he said yes i you know it's very troubling but i uh i've been given a very strong center and i will go back on tour so he goes back on tour in his 70s to make his money back i saw him at the garden and i saw him at radio and i saw him at radio city it's cool i read this review about leonard cohen at the garden i saw him with my ex-girlfriend after we broke up mm-hmm. oh god it was it was a very weird night and it was like a great reminder why we broke up she's like oh do we have to stay for the encore I'm like, yeah he's he's fucking pushing 80 and he's giving us more songs we're staying she goes i'm leaving i was like cool i'll stay alone and i did and um yeah i read this review about heather say well no one like held a room like leonard cohn with just his like low energy command yeah. Of MSG, it was an, it was insane. I believe it. Every video I watched, even it is the the footage of him at a young age is interesting because he's so much more upbeat and but it's still that deep voice and he's just this weird poet who, uh, but everything he says, you're like, this is important. Everything he has to say, you're like, there's something I'm gonna glean from this and uh, so many quotes that I love. The thing that I my favorite thing he said in the in the documentary from before he started music was uh he he was talking about performing at these nightclubs and just hanging out all night and stuff and he was like it's your first form of protest against society is to just stay up late uh it's it's the wow. first thing you do is to watch the night turn into day and it reminded me of my favorite car seat headrest lyric is uh i stay up late every night in some general protest uh, but with no one to tell you to go to bed, it's not really a contest. And it's like, it's true. It's a protest against society to just be a night owl. And I, I, I loved it. That's great. Yeah. He really, he has so many great quotes. I remember one that always made me, this always stuck out to me is they ask him about depression because Rolling Stone called his greatest hits, the most depressing album <laughs> of all time. They said it's great, but it's the saddest, but sad music actually makes me happy because it me makes too. me feel heard and connected to and he uh, he had a quote where this interviewer said, do you need to be depressed to create this? And he was like, no, it's you do this in spite of the depression, yeah. which I think is so important for anyone in any of the arts to remember. Like, you don't need to be a sad sack. Yeah. But, you know, I was I mean, when you're cripplingly sad, it's fucking work for sure. I was shocked at how funny he was because of that, because I was even though I know comics and I should have known better. But listening to his music, I was like, oh, this guy's going to be like a sad sack. And then everything he says is pretty funny for the most part. Like He had a great oh, quote about because he didn't have success uh, in the U.S. with music for a while. And uh, he, he was having way more success in Europe. And they were like, 
they were asking him why in this interview, and he was like, I think it's because they don't understand the words, um, which is just a funny way to describe your music. And then he also was like, he was talking shit about his voice, and he was like, yeah, it would be a good record if Tina Turner sang on it. But it's just- Yeah, dude, he shits on himself constantly. I mean, that's he has a line in Tower of Song where he said, I was born like this, I had no choice, I was born with the gift of a golden voice, which is obviously self-deprecating, because yeah. he wasn't known, but the crowd cheers when he does, and it's funny. They, they're in on the joke and he he really he he was nervous about his voice i mean he used to hang with hendrix and janice joplin and all these people in the 60s it's just crazy and i remember he it's like the comedy scene he'd go on shows but he was so nervous at first he would just kind of write music for other people because mm-hmm. he didn't think he had a good enough voice and he I, there's a story where he went on stage and tried to sing and didn't feel they were with him and God, like, think about how all the comics that go on. Like, I fucking murdered in the trash. <laughs> he's a genius, and he goes on, and he's just like, I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah. And he was so likable. The crowd's like, no, stay. Yeah. We like you. Yeah. But he was like, I can't. He was too insecure. <laughs> I love that. I, I saw that story, from, and the, it was some musician who was pushing him, like, no, you can do this. It's really good. Uh, I loved it. But uh, should we go ahead and listen to a song so that people know what we're talking about yeah. if they're uh, – if they're new to it, what do you think we should start with? So I, what I did is you sent me like 11 songs that you that you really like and you sent the one list, yeah. but I decided to just put them all on here and I figured we could just weave our way through what you pick off the top of your head as we go or we can do the six, sure. but I, I want to, we'll try to keep it to six and then if there's more time we can. Maybe we should replace Hallelujah just because everyone's heard yeah, that song. Yeah. So let's replace Hallelujah. I just did that because I'm like, well, how do you not? That's like the classic. Mm-hmm. There's a classic story where he. Had lunch with Bob. I always look at Leonard Cohen as unpretentious Bob Dylan. <laughs> because I love Bob Dylan, but he's so full of himself. Yeah. And there's this story. Uh, they got lunch together and, and uh, Leonard Cohen's like, oh, I love this song of yours. I think I think of it all the time. I love it. How long did it take you to write it? And he's like 30 minutes. <laughs> and then he asked Leonard Cohen, he goes, I love Hallelujah. How long did that take him? And he says, five years. <laughs> So I, I love Hallelujah, but that's it's such a it's such a basic pick for him. So let's replace that with Chelsea Hotel. Okay, that's I love that's Chelsea pretty... Hotel. I, I listened to that a bunch today because it, and everything I watched, they were like, let's listen to this song. He talks about getting head, um, <laughs> <laughs> giving me a head in the yeah. unmade bed. I love it. Uh, all right, here's Chelsea Hotel. I remember you well in the Chelsea Hotel. You were talking so brave and so sweet Giving me head on the unmade bed While the limousines wait in the street Those were the reasons that was New York We were running for the money and the flesh And that was called love For the workers in song, probably still is for those of them left. Yeah, but you got away, didn't you, babe? You just turned your back on the crowd. You got away, I never once heard you say, I need you. I don't need you. I need you, I don't need you, and all of them jiving around. Chelsea Hotel. Yeah. So good. Damn. Reminds me of my life. I mean, it's crazy. Of my life. life in New York, man. That was New York. I love it. I love when he, he says... Uh, you told me again you prefer handsome men, but for me you'd make an exception. <laughs> I love that. He's he's so self deprecating and funny, and and uh, you know it's about Janis Joplin, and mm-hmm. uh, so it's it's pretty. There's another line that goes, "We're ugly, but we have the music." Ah, I love. <laughs> it's that. like it's like one of the things that's beautiful, but it's also like, do you want to tell a woman she's ugly? Is that like really the move after she blew that's you? So Is that we're a- ugly? <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> it's like, well, I said me too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also the. I was one of my favorite songs, and I love the last line. People always say is very cold. He said. Uh, I don't think about something about. I think I don't think about each fallen robin. You know, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I don't even think of you that often. I don't think you that line. often is so good. 
I don't even think it's, of you that often is a, is a great line. Some people think it's so callous, and I just think it's kind of honest. And it's like, well, like we had our time, and it's period. And I don't think he's he means it in a callous way. I think he he means it just like this is rock and roll, and this is what the people. A lot of people died. I mean, as I said, he knew Hendrix, he knew Janis Joplin. It's it's brutal, but yeah, you know. I mean, it's uh, yeah, honest is great. I mean, it's it's just a great line, and it's like as you know, a guy who's gone through a life looking back on something, and it's like, yeah, you don't think about it everything all the time it's i don't think it, i don't think of it even as that cold but uh i loved that that's a that's a, I, that was a great song i hadn't heard that song until today i don't think but i really enjoyed it i had a funny i love uh, it man i had a funny thing where i was playing 2k while i was listening to this and i accidentally left my <laughs> mic on and i was playing with people like children i'm sure uh, and, <laughs> and they're just hearing this music <laughs> Like, dude, is this guy gonna kill himself after <laughs> after I beat the Pacers? What the hell? Um, all right, let's uh, let's hear another one here. What what do you think next? Let's go um, go my oh my because that's a, that's more of a recent one. I love that tune, mm-hmm. man. It's just a badass song. All right, let's hear some of my oh my. song oh it's so cool man so cool he's so you know when he reminisces about past relationships he's so not mean about it Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool like bob dylan every song like you got a lot of nerve (laughs) to say you were my he's so angry in every breakup song it's like he every bob dylan's breakup song sounds like he wrote it the second she broke up with him well leonard cohen like takes a beat and he's just like he's like yeah held you for a little while it was pretty cool it was pretty cool that i got to touch you 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 still owe me 17 dollars for sushi Uh, I love it. Yeah, man. He. It's so. It sounds so cool. It's just like a cool, like that, like. It almost sounds like it's like in a Tarantino movie or something. I think Tarantino did use uh, "I'm Your Man" and "Waiting for the Miracle" and a couple. Like he's used a couple of his songs, I think. But it sounds almost like a Tarantino, like cool. It sounds like a badass look at a at a failed relationship, (laughs) which is what I like. I love it, and I listening to him immediately. I was like. He's he feels so much like a like a more accessible Tom Waits to me, mm. where it's like I just can't yes. get into Tom Waits for some reason, and maybe it's the voice, and maybe it's the like clownishness of all of it. But <laughs> there's something about uh, his lyrics that work so well with his voice and the sound. It's just cool. He's just yeah. a cool fucking guy. So I think somebody else said this, but so it's like cool. he's so much like Bourdain, uh, but like yes. he just has this like. He's the type of old you want to get where you're like, that is, if I could get old like that, that is cool as shit. That's a great comp. Yeah, he is. He's the type of old you want to get. He was cool till the end. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, dude, he lived in like a Buddhist monastery for five years. He's like, he's like a very odd guy. This is not your normal celebrity. Man, I wanted to play a clip of him talking about that because, but I'll just try to summarize it. And if you guys can find it, uh, look it up. It's this interview he did with this uh, French woman in uh, 2001. And it's such a funny interview because this woman is so horny and she keeps, <laughs> she's like, she's like, a, like a very French look or whatever. And she's just like, that the, you don't see her face at first. You just hear her voice going like, you know, uh, a lot of women want to get naked for you, uh, Leonard Cohen. And then it cuts to her. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then it cuts to her face, and she's just like, <laughs> she's just grinning this weird grin. But she keeps bringing it up. She's like, I asked many of my women friends if they had any questions for you, and they all had the same question, which is, would you sleep with me? Uh, all the Christ. comments are like, why is this the interview? <laughs> like, he doesn't want to talk about it. He's clearly like, I'm not a ladies man. It's like, I've had my luck with women, he is, but uh, he is. He's full he of is. shit. But. He's, he's, there's, there's a, Phil Hanley got me a book of interviews and one of the interviews is him playing, just starts playing the guitar by the pool as an old man mm-hmm. and all these women gather wow. around and it's like, and he kind of winks at the interviewer and goes, it works every time. <laughs> it's like one of those moments where you're like, now he, he, he had a lot of sex, but there, there was a New York Times article a couple of years ago about these women who said uh, it was just like an op-ed or whatever. It was like Our Night with Leonard Cohn was the title. And it was just two women who just hung with him all night around New York City. Mm-hmm. And he didn't sleep with either of them, but they both slept at his place. And they were like, he was the most fun, cool guy we wow. ever met. It's weird to hear like an article about a guy that doesn't like back then, a rock star that doesn't end like, and then he raped right, us. Like, right. It's just so refreshing to be like, he was a really fun hang and a great dude. Yeah. Uh, so I, I found it because I realized I was about to summarize this and I don't, I'd rather just hit, it'd be from his, his mouth. But it's him talking about being at that monastery and how he went there to kind of heal himself and like uh, basically learned that he didn't need help and that he wasn't ill. Uh, it's really good. So I, hopefully I landed on the right spot. I might have to edit some of this down. We'll see. What you want, and, and, oh, and if you do get it, it isn't oh, what you want. Uh, like a hospital. And he's the doctor. And he's the doctor. And, and what does he cure? He cures the illusion that you're sick. And uh, uh, he was he was successful in my case. He cured the illusion that I needed his teachings. So what were the sicknesses that you thought you had? Um, I guess the same sicknesses everybody has that uh, you don't get what you want and, and, and if you do get it, it isn't what you wanted. Uh, the objects of your desire continually escape you. There's some wisdom, some path that if you could only uh, embrace it, uh, you could uh, uh, extract yourself from distress and suffering. All these um, aspirations that all of us nourish, uh, that there's uh, another life that, is, that would be better, that another way would be better, another lover would be better, uh, you know, another métier would be better. Uh, this, uh, this idea that there's uh, something to grasp. I love that. Damn. I mean, it's like how many times do we need to be told that? But also, the way he says it is really cool, and he's just cracking through cigarettes in this interview (laughs) talking about that. It's so cool. I am. Yeah, he had a way of saying things, and and it's funny. He quit cigarettes, and he said, "If I make it to eighty, I'm starting." (laughs) And he did. (laughs) Hell yeah! He started smoking again. Such a weird. I mean, it's like I'm sure most doctors were like, "Yeah, it's not easier to smoke at 80." But he was like, "I don't give a shit." He just didn't care. Uh, yeah. He had a way of welcoming death that he was like, "Yeah, I don't give a fuck." Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a great interview. Uh, his son is interviewed on fuck. What's the name of the guy who he was like part of the Beastie Boys in the beginning? Uh, uh, Rick Rubin. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He he's on Rick Rubin's podcast, Leonard Cohen's son, Adam Cohen, and it's a great interview. Also. Adam Cohn, his last album was just words that Adam Cohn added music to because he died. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
he did a great job. It's really, really awesome. It's and he just tells a story about Leonard Cohen and like how he could be so sarcastic and they're funny. It's a funny interview. Hell yeah. It's him celebrating his dad's mm-hmm. life. It's great. That's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you, when did you get into him? Because it, fe- it feels like a specific age sort of thing. You know, my friend, I had this really precocious friend when I was a kid, and he was really into Leonard Cohn, and he would be like, this guy's a badass. Like, the way he talks about love, and the way he talks about life, and the way he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. But he's also, it, he did it with like a wink and a smile. It wasn't like he just didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. He did give a fuck, and that's why he was always in pain, but he was kind of like, well, that's what it, it, there was like, it's interesting, I love Humphrey Bogart, but every Humphrey Bogart movie is like, drinking you're like i'm fine shut up you know like casablanca i don't give a shit fucker you know that was like a man but to me a man is kind of just being aware of all the bad shit Mm -hmm. and still and then talking about it he was almost like humphrey bogart in therapy to me yeah you know for sure uh so yeah i was probably like seventh eighth grade and i uh i was like man he's really great and man he's got me through some breakups his his music really he's not angry in it he's just like it it just is and i kind of love that yeah I'm shocked you said seventh, eighth grade. When I when I was saying specific age, I think of it as like a early college, late high school. But I have a buddy, one of one of my best friends, uh, starting out in comedy. My buddy Josh Murphy, maybe older. Maybe I was like maybe it was like tenth, eleventh grade. I don't well, know, but it was same yeah. thing though for my buddy, where he was in seventh grade. He he had a bit about how much of a weirdo he was as a kid, and he's like when he was maybe he was like twelve actually, which I guess is like seventh grade for some people. I don't know, but uh. He said that uh, he noticed kids would show up to school wearing like band shirts, like uh, Green Day or whatever, and he he just took a white t shirt and wrote in marker Leonard Cohen, which is like such <laughs> wow. a weird thing to do for a child. <laughs> That's I feel like he would have liked it. It's funny. I remember Colin Quinn told me a story about Leonard Cohen once, because uh, Colin is pretty tight with Norm Macdonald and you know Montreal Canada uh, connection. Right, right, and. And and Leonard Cohen liked Norm Macdonald's stand up. Oh, I guess yeah. he was like just kind of he would just sit in the back and watch his stand up sometimes in Montreal. And he would go up to him and Norm Macdonald was like had no idea who he was. He was like, Yeah, whatever, man, whatever. <laughs> like, <he just> <laughs> and then and then Colin Quinn's telling me he's like, Yeah, Norm is a brilliant comedian, but he's got horrible taste in music. So he <laughs> So I told him, like, you know Leonard Cohen's like one of the best musicians ever and 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 uh Norm's like, nah, it's like pussy shit. I like 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 country. <laughs> oh I like God. country music. <laughs> it's amazing that Leonard Cohen's like, You're great, and Norm Macdonald's like, fuck <laughs> off. Please. So funny. Like, Bring me Toby Keith. <laughs> yeah, that's a genius. <laughs> that's so funny. Hell yeah, I love that. You would think he would appreciate comedy though. His writing was so crispy. You think he would appreciate good word economy? Absolutely. And, and he was a comic, and I mean, yeah. So it, to- it totally makes sense that he would be into it. And a lot of what he's doing, even his poems, a lot of them are funny. So it's like he, yeah, he definitely, really, yeah. he definitely gets it. It's so funny uh, that in the 60s, he was like a poet and an experimental novelist. He's like, well, you know, I better do something serious like folk music. That's how I can yeah. actually. <laughs> that's a career. Get my shit together. The safe path. Of, uh, in the yeah. 60s in New York, it was like, guaranteed, yeah, you could be a lawyer or a doctor or a folk artist. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> it's so true. Um, we have a segment we got to get to, which is that uh, the owner of the Comedy Attic in beautiful Bloomington, Indiana, is our resident snob of the show. And this is more of a this was more of a factor when we did bands that people just straight up made fun of. Whereas now we're we've been doing these like appreciation episodes where it's uh, people that uh, we feel are underrated or uh, or a lot of the time lately it's been just people that I haven't known a lot about, which is fun to give me an excuse to get into them. But uh, Jared uh, gives his thoughts on each band we do, and uh, this week it is Leonard Cohen. So here's Jared's thoughts on Leonard Cohen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He went to Jared. The boys are going to have Sam Morell on discussing Leonard Cohen. So first of all, obviously, I need to say Sam is a great dude, one of the you know funniest comics out there, and uh, 
this is going to be really interesting. I've talked music with him in the green room and he, he knows his shit. So I will say that like, this is a kind of a blind spot for me. And I think that partially it's because I maybe put a little bit more, uh, onus on vocals than I should. And the same problem I have with Bob Dylan or, you know, there's other singers where it's just like, I just can't get into their voice, but the thing is, is that like as a songwriter and just the songs themselves are very special and he's one of the most gifted people as far as that goes. And, you know, there's a, you know, there, there, there's other people from like maybe that time frame like Paul Williams that wrote so many songs that we know that he, that, that he didn't even sing or he sang later and people don't really know him for that song. So I'm very partial to Jeff Buckley's version of, of hallelujah but obviously you know leonard cohen you know (laughs) it's hard to argue that that song isn't great so even when he sings it so uh this is a good way for me to maybe do a refresher on leonard cohen because i'll admit that there's some artists over the years that i kind of had put into one category went back and listened to it and then changed my mind on it so anyway uh thanks guys looking forward to listening all right thanks all right, that's Jared. What do you mm. think, Sam? Well, I think I think he's wrong that I don't know my that I know my music. I really don't, <laughs> honestly. I I I, I just uh, I like certain people, and I have friends who really know their shit. So I definitely mm. know. I don't think I know my music. I just really like Leonard Cohen. But uh, yeah, I get that. I mean, I think he's. That's why. I, I mean, what you said with Tom Waits. I love Tom Waits, mm-hmm. but I think you got to start with that first album. And kind of, it's like you start with that first album. It's kind of like a crisp cocktail, and then you get to like that later Tom Waits. You're like, I'm drinking like 151 straight. <laughs> this is some harsh shit. I mean, even I like the last few albums with Tom Waits. I'm like, man, it's his voice has really gone to some places. But uh, that first album, I thought he had a beautiful voice. I think he just, I don't know what he did. He just smoked a ton of cigarettes to the point where, but uh, yeah, I think sometimes. Even with even with Bob Dylan, it's tough to listen to like a full album mm. straight for some people. I I don't have that problem because I just love what I'm hearing. I and I actually think Leonard Cohen had a pretty good voice as a younger mm. singer. It was just different. It yeah. was just kind of a. It wasn't like he wouldn't have done great on American Idol, right. but it was perfect for the type of music he was doing. Yeah, and then and then later it became deeper and kind of gravelly and weathered, and it was like it felt. It just felt wise. Mm-hmm. The shit he was saying, as you said, just fit his voice perfectly. So I think for the type of music he does, I think it's it's great. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it, yeah, it it worked for me uh, very well. Let's, but I think he makes a good point. Yeah. you know, I, I hear what he's saying. Uh, let's hear let's hear some more music. What do you what are you thinking next? Um, I think we could do Tower of Song. Okay, got that one right here. That's a classic, and it's uh. Yes, yeah, perfect. Let's, I'll play it. Let's crack. No, no, I'll get. Let's crack it. Well, my friends are gone, and my hair is gray. I ache in the places where I used to play, and I'm crazy for love, but I'm not coming on. I'm just paying my rent every day in the Tower of Song. I said to Hank Williams, how lonely does it get? Hank Williams hasn't answered yet, but I hear him coughing all that long. That was starting to remind me of uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot a little bit, Mm. like the weird little noise (laughs) that come in. I love that. That wonky piano at the end is so great. It's such, I mean, it's, 
classic Leonard Cohen where it's so funny, but it's also really sad. Yeah. I mean, I open with my friends are gone and my hair is gray and I ache in the places where I used to play. It's so, <laughs> so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. But I mean, nothing makes me think of comedy more than uh, how lonely does it get? Hank Williams hasn't so answered great. yet, uh, but I hear him coughing. That's <laughs> unreal. That's amazing. It's like the isolation of the road and paying my rent in the Tower of Song. It's like the uncertainty of it all. I love it. It's just a beautiful song. So good. So good. He had, I can't remember what this was from, if it was from a song or it was just something he was saying in the movie that I was watching, but he had a great line where he was like, uh, if uh if the whiz- if the whiskey doesn't kill me, I'll live until I'm dead. <laughs> wow. That's, isn't that great? Wow, that's a great that's drinking incredible. line. That's like uh what's that Charlie Damn. uh that song that I can't quit drinking. <laughs> Remember Tommy, we were listening to that oh, like all the yeah, way to yeah. a festival. Was it the Johnny Paycheck song? <laughs> yes, Johnny yeah. have you heard that song, Sam? <laughs> yeah. I think you look no, because I, I can't quit drinking. It'll kill me, they say, but I'm gonna wear this whiskey glass stare. Uh till uh oh damn it, I can't remember. <laughs> but it's yeah. it's just really good. I think you'd like it. It's a good drinking song. A- you and you and Norman might like it for your pod. <laughs> I yeah, we get wrecked for that uh for drinking songs all the time. There's something about Leonard Cohen. There's like a you know there's a line in that song that we just played too about it's like one of the more kind of fuck you breakup lines that he does. He doesn't usually do it, but he said even when he does it, it's not that mean. Mm-hmm. He said, he goes, you could stick another pin in that voodoo doll. I'm very sorry, baby. It doesn't look like me at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that's as mean as he gets. It's pretty funny yeah. still. So, uh, yeah, he, he keeps it, he keeps it pretty, for how depressing people say he is, I think he keeps it, the fact that it's funny and self-deprecating mm-hmm. for me keeps it a little light. I think some people just hear a sound like that and they're like, oh, this is, this is sad, but if as like comics, yeah, uh, so much self-deprecating <laughs> stuff is the funniest stuff and like darkest What's, things you could say. And but up it's like hilarious. when you talk about it, it's like when you talk about talk about a touchy subject and people are immediately checked out. And it's like, well, hear the joke first. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's kind of what he does, I think, mm-hmm. with with his music. People, some people are just like, it's not for me. His voice, whatever. But then, pretty much any person, like I would listen to him on the road with. You know Anthony Devito or whoever we and and they everyone Dina Hashem mm-hmm. everyone liked them when I when I played them so good I yeah I've I've been really into it today let's uh let's hear let's see we got like yeah we got about fifteen minutes left here so let's do uh we got to get to so long Marianne because uh, oh, Tommy also beautiful mentioned song. it so this is my favorite Leonard Cohen song I love this song it's it's a brilliant song there's a great documentary about leonard cohen and mary oh really uh, i almost watched that today too but i couldn't tell i didn't have time for a heart time will you play it from like 153 around there yes like right after 150 because i want to get my favorite leonard cohen phrase in here
That snare good. drum at the end is unbelievable too. I don't know who played drums on that <sighs> track. But. That just rips your fucking that's heart out too. That's just because he was so in love with her, and uh, that's what the whole documentary was about. And it's just you know you make your mistakes. You're young, and he he. I think he was in love with her till the end. I mean, he they, it went viral. He wrote her a note when she was dying, and the note went viral because oh, I guess she shared wow. it. And it was basically like, I, it's like, I love you. I'll see you. I'll see, I'll, I'll be following you shortly. And he did. Wow. It's crazy what he wrote. But uh, it was just like, oh, fuck. Leonard Cohen is just the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's just the coolest. I mean, uh, he just felt like a gentle, even when he fucked up, he felt like a gentle, decent person. I'm sure that was part of the persona, you know, as well. But uh, damn, there's a line in that too. I, I think we had it was something about like, Damn, I got to look it up because I don't want to butcher it. But <laughs> yeah, that that song is fucking heavy. Yeah. Something about so you funny. held on uh, to me like I was a crucifix was always just like that is the Oof. coolest phrase I've ever heard in a song. <laughs> like I fucking love that so much. Fastening my ankle to the stone too. It's just yeah. like Jesus yeah. Christ. You're talking about killing. Oh, I love this. This is this is a line I love. For now, I need your hidden love. I'm cold as a new razor blade. Yeah. <laughs> You left when I told you I was curious. I never said that I was brave. Oh, Fuck. Damn. damn. Cold God as a new damn, razor that's... blade is great. Damn. I love Incredible. That. Yeah, he, that's what I mean. It's like, I, I remember Michael Che gave me shit once for liking Leonard Cohen. He was like teasing me about it. And because I think he just didn't thought it was like not very manly. And I'm like, dude, this what? is fucking to me very <laughs> like, yeah, I think Che's just busting balls, you know, he's but uh i'm sure che likes it that's the funny thing he's fucking with me but uh no he there's something like really kind of tough about that to me yeah. about like just digging that deep within to create this song like man that's fucking tough to me so i love it yeah i think like i i you know it's hard to say this with uh just watching the shit today but it's like like i said that's like the type his version of being a man like an older man is like i think so cool i think it's like an yeah. honest like yeah just being honest and being able to look back and yeah not even look back with anger uh as my friends in oasis yep. would say <laughs> those old gallagher boys <laughs> <laughs> i love man you got to get phil hanley on here about Ooh. oasis yeah we, it's been a while since he's talked obsessed to oasis. that's not a bad idea uh, he's obsessed with Liam yeah. uh, and Noel. They're so funny. Uh, and I love their Twitter presence is hilarious. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They're, uh, they're just, I mean, dude, what's the story Morning Glory? Perfect. So perfect album. albums yeah. of all time. So good. Brilliant album. Uh, um, all right, let's hear, let's hear a couple more songs and then uh, we'll go to the comments. We, I don't think we have a ton of comments to blow through on this one. So um, we'll, uh, we'll just play a few more here. What, uh, what would you like to hear next? I think we got, I mean, this is like another kind of breakup song, but it's so good. I think we got to go I'm Your Man. I just think it's one of the best songs ever. Let's hear Let's hear I'm Your Man. Is there a specific part Can you want to Can we start? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when it, Go to like the middle. It's like when it goes, ah, the moon's too bright, the chain's too tight, the beast won't go to sleep. That was incredible, Tom. <laughs> I was so lucky. Well done. Say please, 
So good. I love that song so much, and it's so funny. I mean, dude, just the idea that like if I if begging got you back, I'd do it, but it won't. <laughs> so I'm not gonna do it. I mean, it's so it's so honest. I I remember I told those lyrics once after I just gotten dumped. I was in a car on the road with Gary Goldman, and I just said those lyrics to him, stone faced and miserable, and he just goes. Wow. Because <laughs> Goldman is obsessed with Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. So I was he was always like Bob Dylan. I was like, I'm a Leonard Cohn guy. That was like our first conversation. I said, I love Bob Dylan, but Leonard Cohn is to me the best. So uh two Jews bickering about old Jews. <laughs> and uh but yeah, I that song to me is like and he's he does that song live and if I, I it always gets a laugh because he goes, if you want a boxer, I'll step in the ring for you. Mm-hmm. And, he, and live he'll go, if you want a Jewish doctor. <laughs> I'll see. It's, it's usually just doctor. But he'll, he'll add jokes live and he'll be, he'll be silly. But uh, the line, yeah, I, mean, I just love the idea of I'll do anything for yeah. you, but it ain't going to get you. No. I love the line, the closing line. The, if you want a lover, I'll do anything you ask me to. And if you want another kind of love, I'll wear a mask for you. God damn. Fuck. Damn. That's heavy, that right? heavy. <laughs> I do want to say this. I I feel like I need to call attention. That was the best. That was the first time in maybe 199 episodes that we've landed exactly where you wanted in the song. <laughs> <laughs> that was the luckiest. This is a good ever. episode. This is this is this is good. <laughs> this is such a good one. Yeah, man. I just uh, I love that tune so much, and it almost that tune is almost sounds like this other song in Kill Bill, like that last song in Kill Bill. It always reminded me of that too, but. Uh, yeah, it, it his tunes. I mean, it's just got everything for me. I love the the backup with, with the echoing. Please, <laughs> it's so funny too, because it, it sounds like begging. Yeah. So it's so damn funny. Uh, and he does a thing when he has the uh, he has three uh, female vocalists doing backup mm-hmm. on some of these tracks, and he'll say funny shit live. Like he'd say like. Ah, uh, sing it, angels. <laughs> you know, like, it's very old school, but very like you know, it's like your grandpa saying it, so it didn't feel creepy. It was kind of nice. It is like a total that. recipe for me, where it's like guy with a cool low voice, and then three beautiful backup mm-hmm. vocals from women. Is like that works for me every time. Like, I mean, that's like the talking heads uh, doc kind of where it's like there's three women just. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're amazing. To, Those, uh, yeah, they're so yeah. good. They make I it love, cool. They make I it so it. much cooler. Yeah. Um, yeah, David Byrne is pretty damn yeah. cool too. I, I always, I always thought he was awesome. But uh, man, there's something about uh, there's something about this tune. It's like I, I don't know how you. It's kind of like when you get a perfect breakup joke mm-hmm. and you're just like, "Fuck, I needed distance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I needed like, I needed a few months for that one. Uh, or else they come out, they come out angry, yeah. man. They come out angry if you, and you. It, it, anytime you go personal, you know, it, it's it can be tough. And he he does it in a really kind of peaceful and eloquent mm-hmm. way. It's, it's pretty great. Yeah. It's uh it's hyper mature. It's uh it's crazy. Um, let's hear one more song and then we'll go to the comments and uh, get some final words on Leonard Cohen. What would you like to be the last uh, song here? Well, should I go, should I go newer Leonard Cohen or should I go with another classic? I'm, I'm thinking about how to, I want to mix it up a little bit here. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, Tommy, what do you think? You know him better than I do, but also this is this is your playlist, baby. I mean, it's what do you think would uh, you show know? What? I got a good one for you. There's a lot, but we've done a lot of love songs, so let's do a different type of song. Let's go with uh, the future. Okay, here is. Oh, is there a specific part of the future you want to hear? Well, to test I think it's our a weird question. The way he opens it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I have a crystal ball right here. <laughs> no, just go straight from the beginning. Okay. It's it's cool. Here it is. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
fucking yeah. awesome. So good. So good. Damn. I love it, man. So good. I saw him. I thought I went with my mom to one of them. I went with my mom to see him at Radio City because I got my mom into him and she started to love him and thought he was and it was it was fun to see her reaction. We saw him at Radio City and it was like, oh man, he was just he was so good. He must have been seventy eight when we saw him. You know? It's so crazy he had to go back um, on tour <laughs> just for money at wow. that age. It's just like insane. It's wow. crazy. It's life is so unpredictable, man. And he really he had such a weird life. Yeah. The more I think about it, he had so many strange things happen to him. Um, I mean, I mean, his son is a musician too. That's pretty cool to share that with your son. That is awesome. That's like, uh, it's kind of like, um, I, I highly recommend this, uh, this thing. It's on YouTube. It's like 45 minutes. This thing I watched that, uh, it's, it's Leonard Cohen before music and it's, fr- it's, it's, it's old ass footage and it's, uh, but there's a part where he talks about, how he's the only other writer in his family, or I think the narrator's talking about, it, except for his grandpa. And his grandpa, even in as he was becoming senile, he would just look at Leonard and he'd be, forget who he was. He's like, "Oh, you're the writer," and he was like so wow. happy to have that. It's uh, he was just like, "Oh, that's the person who's like going to continue my thing," uh, and that's I mean similar to his son. That's really cool. Um, we got a segment to get here before we before we get out of here, which is that we go to the peanut gallery. The listeners of the show. Send in their thoughts on whoever we're talking about. And uh, we got one from the Patreon. I posted this late. That's on me, everybody. But uh, if you're on the Patreon, you get your comments are guaranteed. So get in there. $3 a month. Bonus episodes every damn week. Uh, all right. This is from Anders McKinnon. He says, I won two tickets to a Leonard Cohen concert in 2008 by phoning into a contest on CBC Radio 1. Stuck in traffic on my way home from work. Uh, they were playing covers of famous Cohen tunes, and callers had to identify the artist. I immediately recognized it is Bono's cover of Hallelujah because it was the worst cover of that song <laughs> or any song I have ever heard. <laughs> the only reason I had heard the cover was because I had recently plundered my dad's CD collection and was just getting into Leonard Cohen, so I'd listen to every track on a covers album he had. I took my dad to the concert because it was his CD and I was driving his car when I won the tickets. It was an amazing show. That's great. That's a great time. That's a great story. Um, yeah, that's really funny about Bono. I have not heard Bono's cover <laughs> of that. He has a whole album of covers. Mm. There's a whole Leonard Cohen covers album, I think. But uh, yeah, some of them are good. I mean, everyone talks about you. You know, Jared just talked about the Jeff Buckley Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I just like Leonard Cohen's the best. But I, yeah, Jeff Buckley's great. I mean, that's a great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a great job with it. Speaking of uh, Hallelujah, uh, the first comment that I see on Facebook here is Gwen Sunkel. Who says, "Yo, fuck that Hallelujah song"? <laughs> um, she probably Shannon hates Nor- the other version. You know what I mean? Like the the Leonard Cohen one's not overplayed. You never hear. Yeah, that. no, like, no. I think she must mean that. Also, like, there's a reason it's overplayed. It's a great it's, song. It's a great. Yeah. It's a great tune, it's so and good. it's. I mean, it's crazy. It took him five years. You yeah. Think of, like anytime you can't crack a joke, you're like, it took Leonard Cohen five yeah. years. So yeah. Um. Uh, it ain't supposed to be easy. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Sparkles said, uh, Leonard Cohen is like the Anthony oh, Bourdain of folk music. And I'm not just saying that because they're both dead now. <laughs> I'm fair. Uh, Shana Norman says, amazing songwriter whose songs have only been licensed for bad movies, except what? whichever Shrek he has a song in. I have a huge problem no, it's not with his that. Song. <laughs> yeah, I just, I completely disagree. What bad the, movie? My I favorite, mean, Waiting uh, on the Miracle is in Natural Born Killers. I don't think that's One of my favorite song. movies of all time, and the reason I got into Leonard Cohen is because he's like the whole soundtrack of uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, the uh, Altman mm-hmm. movie with Warren yes. Beatty. It's amazing, and his music makes it so much better. I gotta watch it's that It's so movie. good. I'm such a big Altman guy, and for some reason, oh I've never man, seen it's when amazing! I, I gotta love watch it. that. But it's like I that feel is, like yeah. this, they must just be talking about Watchmen. I I, or I don't know what else it would be, but yeah. uh, and yeah. I didn't even see Watchmen, so who knows? Maybe that's good too. Yeah, I heard it was. I, I mean, I didn't like the show. I don't know mm. if it's. Uh, I don't know if it's. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know what. what I know it's a Natural Born Killers. That's the only one off the top of my head. I know it's oh it's the intro it's the intro song for True Detective season two which ah, people right out. yeah um, but that's not his that's thing. not it on him <laughs> uh, Mike Carraza Canada's own says uh, the pride of Montreal and I never quite understood it but I love that people are so passionate about him uh, Casey James Salingo says I think he's one of the greatest songwriters of all time but my mom used to play him when I was little and it terrified me because. He sounds like fucking Dracula. <laughs> I, st- <laughs> I still get freaked out when I listen to him, but I love when people cover him. <laughs> like Dracula. That's it. I can hear that. 
<laughs> he I, they did a they did a thing on him at the Jewish uh, museum on the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. I went. It was pretty damn cool. It was uh, it was just this big tribute to him. Different stuff in every room. They did like mini docs. It's funny. He would just talk about drinking like five bottles of, uh, of wine a night on the road, and you're like, that's a <laughs> oh, lot that's what it, okay. Because he said he like took it too far, and I was like, I wonder what that means to him. And then five bottles of wine is. Yeah, maybe a bottle too many, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was, I mean, I'm sure it added up, too, because it wasn't like he was just drinking, like, fucking Yellowtail. Yeah. He was drinking some high-end shit. <laughs> box know, of Franzio. So. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. He just fucking pissed drunk off boxed wine. Like, man, I thought you were, He's you dressed really well and had a fedora. I didn't think you would. Yeah. He's got four locos. <laughs> 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 Uh, Zach Peterson says, love that man. Lindsey Ray says, I always confuse him and Nick Cave. Uh, Derek Martz says, great songwriter, awful song maker. Gotta say, I disagree with you, Derek, given today. And uh, James Fritz says, goat. He got people to cry at a song about a blowjob. Yeah, dude. um, He deserves respect for that. Last one I'll read here is uh, is just to make uh, Tommy happy, but it says Gary Greenblatt uh, says McCabe and Mrs. Miller nuff said yes. So you got somebody who agreed. I got. I'll watch it oh, this yeah. week. It's, it's funny. My friend actually just told me to watch it last. Oh night. really? We oh wow. Hulkman. I said yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. Um. I'm a big Nashville. Nashville's fan. amazing. That's my yeah. favorite Altman movie. That's a I think an incredible movie, and I love I love the long goodbye. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that's on HBO Max right now. Movie. I got to rewatch it. Uh, it's, another it's just a cool yeah. movie. They, f- you know, it, it's Elliot mm. Gould's the fucking so man. cool. Hell yeah! Well, we are we are to our final segment here, Sam, which is that you get uh, the floor uh, for your final thoughts on Leonard Cohen, uh, your final <laughs> plea to the listeners as to why uh, why Leonard Cohen's so goddamn good. Uh, you have the floor. I just think he is, as ever, all your listeners have already said, just the best songwriter. His songs are. I mean, he's inspired by philosophers he's not just like ripping off bands it's like a guy who's like you know uh he's into fuck what's the guy's name who wrote the uh the stranger uh, camus oh, shit. yeah camus. camus he's into camus he's into people like that that's who inspired him so he's not like this isn't the guy who's like jacking guns and roses <laughs> he's into like philosophers and he's such an interesting thoughtful guy and he no one has better breakup songs. So if you're going through, I mean, look, I, I admit Bob Dylan's got positively fourth street's fucking great. It is a great song, but that's for your angry phase of the breakup. When you've made peace, listen to Leonard Cohn and, uh, yeah, dude, he's got funny songs. We didn't talk about, but like closing time. It, it's hilarious. We raise our glass to the awful truth, which you can't reveal to the years of youth, except to say it isn't worth a damn. Like lines like that are so fucking funny. And, if you want to combine everything I like in anything, be it a movie, a, a comedian, like to have, it's like why I love priors. Cause it's kind of sad too. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love that as well as being funny. So, uh, yeah, I just, as you said to, uh, Tom is like the way he carried himself, you know, to the very end. I mean, his last two albums, I would check out, I would start with, Maybe the stuff to ease in where his voice is a little higher just to get a feel of it. But Live in London is probably my favorite album ever. Just that live performance. Every song, and it's a fucking killer song. And uh, guaranteed that you will at least respect the guy. Maybe you won't love him, but I, I do. So you'll at least be like, these are these are some damn fine lyrics. And if you appreciate good writing, you appreciate someone like Bob Dylan, yeah, you're going to be a fan. Hell yeah. I got to tell you, uh, well put, and uh, this is another successful edition of uh, uh, underrated <laughs> artist because once again I'm blown away, and I I'm once again in a post documentary glow of an artist <laughs> too, where I'm I'm like, oh, he's the coolest guy who ever lived. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, we I think we heard six so songs, cool. and we don't normally do this, but since you gave us so many, I'll I'll uh, end the show with playing closing time and. Uh, the uh, I gotta go six out of six. I, I I loved it. It was a great playlist. He did a great job, and I liked to listen. We didn't even get to uh, Suzanne's great. Mm-hmm. I listened to that a bunch today. Oh, that was like his first, uh, yeah, so one good. his first big, yeah, yeah, so many great covered, songs. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 
undeniably like one of the best lyricists of all time uh julia like every line that we quoted in this one was like so like i was like getting chills it's so good and it's so funny when you played that interview clip i literally couldn't even pay attention to what the words were because i was like god i wish my voice sounded like that (laughs) just when he's talking he's just yeah incredibly cool amazingly talented uh yeah perfect score whatever he's he's so good hell yeah sam you get to rate it too Yeah, I loved it, man. This was it's fun to do a podcast and not talk about how I came up. With well, that's the second half. Who are your guys? Uh, do you want do you want to promote anything on the way out here, Sam? Just I did a special on rooftops that just came out uh, in I think late November called Up on the this Roof. I got another special on YouTube called I Got Sick This. Fuck did two year, specials so. in one year. Unfair. I'm I'm very unhappy <laughs> and uh, and. Yeah, and I got the new. I got, I got Pod Don't Lie with Stavros. If you like basketball, and I got We Might Be Drunk with Mark Normand. If you just like to listen to two friends get drunk together, so uh, hell yeah, it's a good time. Uh, if you're listening to this as soon as I put it out, me and Tommy both have shows online tonight. It's true. Uh, what your show's at seven? Mine's right? at seven. It's for a charity. Uh, so check that out. It's got Sean Donnelly, Kenise Mobley, and Ari Finling. It's going to be very fun, but it's uh, all for a good cause. At seven p.m., uh, just look at my Twitter and stuff for the links. Hell yeah, mine's at eight, so you could check into both if you're, yeah, if you're mine's, nasty. Mine will be, yeah, it'll be over by eight, and uh, Tom, Tom's not supporting any charity. No, his, mine's but, not uh, for charity at all. In fact, I'm giving mine to someone to buy the Lil Nas X shoes, um, <laughs> so it's the it's the opposite of charity. Um, I want somebody to spend $1,000 on those shoes, and uh, I think that'll be good. And uh, no, mine's at eight, and it's uh, Michael Timlin, Blair Saki, nice. uh, Cameron Gillette, uh, Dwight Simmons, and Kelly Collette. It'll be really fun. It's on a symbol. Check my social media for details, and uh, get on that Patreon. Three dollars a month, bonus episodes every week. Uh, you know, you know the drill, and you can be a guest uh, on the show on the Patreon if you eat on the right tier. And uh, with that, that's the end of the show. Keep it crispy. Bye. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply